The October sun was sloping towards the horizon curve of the Adriatic when George and Chorus banked the small, single-engine sports plane and turned back towards the craggy range of mountains. Moments earlier, Harry Avery had switched off the camera he had been shooting over the side of the open cockpit and closed the canopy. Okay, I've got enough for today, he said. Man, I'm tired. I don't know why I'm so tired. Tension, George declared. You're not used to this kind of flying. No pressure cabin, no reclining seats, no pretty stewardess serving martinis. Hey, I could do with one of those right now myself. Harry laughed. So I'm just a spoiled American, is that what you think? Compared to George, he looked the part. George was a handsome Greek, about 32, Harry guessed. Broad-shouldered, thick, black hair on his head and arms and curling up out of the deep V opening of his faded army shirt. Black mustache and, when he smiled, gleaming white teeth. The typical Greek virility symbol. Harry Avery had a good eye for virility symbols. Projecting them was his business. Officially, it was called Saga Productions, with home offices in a very modern, air-conditioned and wired-for-music suite on the 10th floor of a Sunset Boulevard high-rise on the Strip. Harry Avery, who, at 36, had produced the hit television series The Bandits, which was now going into its fourth season and would be good for at least four more, and who was now, four years later, starting production on his third feature film with a budget bigger than anything George and Chorus and all his kin could accumulate in several lifetimes. And yet Harry, in his custom-built flight boots, hand-tailored trousers, doe-skin bush jacket, and an old baseball cap, habitually worn for luck, wasn't half the man George was physically. He wondered how Rona, his wife, had missed that obvious fact, and then immediately wondered if she had. There had been several unaccounted-for evenings back on Corfu before she returned to Athens. The thought crossed his mind with no twinge of jealousy. It was too late for that now. But he still had his vanity. You're wrong, George, he said. American I am and spoiled I may be, but I'm also a pilot. I jockeyed a jet all over Korea for almost three years. Combat? George asked. Reconnaissance. That can be even hairier. But I'll have to say that I had a lot more plane under me than this three-topper. What did you say you built it from? An old box kite? Bolkow! George corrected. She's basically Bolkow. I altered the canopy so I could fly with the wind in my hair and added a few other things of my own. I see the bicycle horn. Where are the pedals? George feigned instant indignation. That's a very important bicycle horn, he insisted. And don't you belittle my plane. She took you where you wanted to go, into Albania, you said. I need a ship that flies low, under the radar screen. Who cares about the danger? A man needs a little danger in his life to keep from getting rusty. George's voice dropped from his mocking imitation of Harry's speech. Okay, so she does everything you asked for. She flies as low as you wanted to fly. Now all she has to do is get us back to civilization before dark. Damn, but I'm tired. Harry had finished locking up the camera in its case while they talked. He had placed it with the other equipment in the small baggage space behind the seat and settled back to relax. His right hand hovered over the bulging breast pocket of the bush jacket. The case was intact. He could give himself a booster now, but he hated using the needle before another man. Weakness was for private places.
He glanced at his watch to see how much longer he could hold out, and then George grabbed his attention with a sharp cry. We've got company on our tail! Hey, I think we're being followed! George's eyes were sharper than Harry's. By the time he sighted the plane, it was almost over them. It shot past and banked in a wide, circling sweep. It's a jet, George said. Looks like a MiG! Russian? Not coming from behind us. Look, it's coming back. Hey, that's too damn close! George flipped open the mic and radioed a blast from the bicycle horn as the jet passed again. It keeps birds away from the propeller, he said. I think they want me to land. How far are we from the border? It should be just over the highest ridge of mountains. The jet's coming back. They may open fire. Hang on, I'm dropping down out of range.